This is deep dish, right? Yeah, well, let's get deep. So, so I'm, I'm going deep on both sides. Larry, how you doing? Welcome to the platform. Oh, great. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, no. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank um, Howard Gentry Jr. for giving me a great recommendation to get you on board. Well, I hope I don't let him down. <laughs> no, he had a great interview. I'm pretty sure you'll have a great interview, too. Um, and I'm really excited about this conversation, um, being a person that uh, always knew about Boy Scouts, right? Mm -hmm. And always seen it like a long history here in the United States, but in uh, a person that likes wilderness and explorers, but never had the proximity to it, never had access to it. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to having a conversation about that. Um, but let's, I want to talk, I want to learn a little more about you though, um, and your upbringings and, and, and what was that like for you and how you made your way down here to Nashville? Well, it's a long journey we, we got to, get to, we, to get to Nashville, <laughs> but I was born in North Carolina. All my family's from North Carolina. My, okay. my dad was working on his doctorate degree, so we moved from Charlotte, North Carolina to uh, to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where he got his doctorate there at the University of Southern Miss, and then mm -hmm. we moved to Troy, Alabama, where okay. he was teaching uh, at Troy, and then he eventually became Dean of Arts and Sciences at Troy University in Dothan, and we moved to a little town called uh, Enterprise Alabama, which is in South Alabama. If you go an hour and a half directly north of Panama City Beach, you'll be in Enterprise. Okay, so I got to ask you a sports question then. You know, where, where, are, your, where are your allegiance at? Is it, is it, are you Tar Heels, Duke? You roll tide? Or like, what, 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 are you, what, are your, what are your sports alliances? I'm Duke and roll tide. Duke and roll tide. Uh, Duke and basketball, <laughs> Alabama and football. football. Okay, okay, we got to make that clear. You know, if you live clear. in Alabama, Jerome, you got to come to the, to the altar, so to speak, at some time and pledge your allegiance to Alabama or pledge your allegiance to Auburn. And most of my friends were, were Alabama fans, so I just jumped on the okay. Alabama train, okay. which is a good train to be on, it's right? A, it's a hell of a train. You can, you can, it's, it's one of the longest trains. But you can't be neutral in Alabama. Okay. okay. I mean, you can't be like, you know, for some other team. you got to right. choose between Auburn and Alabama. Right. There's no in-between. There's no, yeah. no in-the-middle-of-defense. Right, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I had a great experience growing up at Enterprise. It's, okay. it's really a military town. Fort Rucker, Alabama, which is the home of Army Aviation, is there just outside of Enterprise. And so I had friends that were from Germany, from from uh, Thailand, and all oh, over wow. the place. And then they had people who were friends that, that had right. grown up there. So it was a very unique experience. And our little town of Enterprise didn't have very much, but we had a really good YMCA Okay. And we had a really good Boy Scout troop. And, wow. and really, the Boy Scout troop started at our church. And I, I told my dad, I said, he wanted me to join. I think my dad was kind of a tenderfoot scout, maybe. He didn't make it very far. But he really believed in scouting and uh -huh. the values that it teaches. And so the church started a troop. And I was like, Dad, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing sports. And I don't know if I really want to join the Boy Scouts. And he <laughs> talked me into it. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So and how uh, old how old were you at this time? I was eleven, I think. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, eleven or twelve, and, and so I had really never been fishing or, or been in the outdoors much. My dad was a gym rat, so okay. my dad would be waiting at the YMCA gym for them to open the doors on Saturday morning with like fifteen kids. He'd be the oldest guy <laughs> there, and I was tagging <laughs> along with him. But he had no interest in the outdoors. So it opened up a whole new world for me. Mm -hmm. And we went uh, on a camp out down to Panama City Beach. And it was it a was, uh, state park down there. I forget the name of it right now. But 
we camped out on the beach and we caught fish and we cleaned the fish and we cooked them. It was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. And at the time, you know, it was just fun for me. I didn't realize right. the values I was getting. Right. And so I, I stuck with Boy Scouts and I was playing basketball. And, and candidly, this is embarrassing. But in the seventh grade, I'm, sit, I'm tall even back then. I'm 6'8 now. Right. But I didn't make the seventh grade basketball team. Really? Yeah. That's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> This is the first time I've actually admitted that to really? other people. So really? I went to the YMCA because I really enjoyed playing basketball. Right. I just didn't make it. And this coach who was there at the YMCA, he kind of took me under his wing. And we went to play in these different tournaments and places and really gave me a lot of confidence. Right. And I think I was just lacking confidence. Plus, I was really, really skinny. Right. So anyway, I, I became better at basketball, made the high school team. Okay. And and I was still skinny. <laughs> but... uh but anyway, I was still in Boy Scouts, still uh-huh. playing basketball, and it was like two different worlds for me. You know, right. the, the whole basketball world was was just focused on winning, getting mm-hmm. better at your skills and, right. and that. And the Boy Scout world was more about what are you going to do with your right. life? You know, it opened up opportunities. Uh, for the first time ever, I went west of the Mississippi River to mm. Philmont Scout Ranch. I was 15 at the time. Mm. But I was like, wow, this this exists out there? You know, right. I, I didn't know really a whole lot more than what was in front of me right. in Enterprise, Alabama, maybe in North Carolina where my, my family, my grandparents lived and mm-hmm. stuff. So it just opened up a whole new world. I took these merit badges, and that sounds kind of silly, I know, but these merit badges were, were really, really neat. They gave me hobbies that are like fishing that I'd right. never done before, mm-hmm. rifle shooting, yeah. first aid, things that are, you know, that are life-saving kind of skills that right. you can learn in the scouts. And really got into swimming as well, was a, was a lifeguard. But went on, and uh, I graduated from Enterprise High School and uh, went to West Point. Okay. And so oh. went to Army wow. and played basketball at Army. Okay. And I really didn't know anything about the military. I just saw these people at Fort Rucker that would drive into the base in right. the morning and they drive out in the afternoon. I said, well, that can't be that bad. Well, you, well, you had to be pretty smart to get into West Point, though. They're just, they're, <laughs> they're just not letting anybody into West well, Point. Well, let me, let me be straight up with you. <laughs> So I, I took the I took the ACT test, uh-huh. and they were recruiting me to play there because you know it's they're kind of limited in, in who they can get to go there. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was six eight, and I think I was really over the height limit, but somehow I got in. And uh, I took the ACT test. And I made a I made a twenty seven, I think, on it. You know, which it's pretty which good out of what was 30, okay, 30, but you know it's not up to West Point standards. Oh, okay. So the coach. He called me up. He says, uh, Larry, we're going to need you to take that ACT test again. And so if I took the ACT test again, I made a 25. <laughs> he said, "He said that 27 is going to be good enough to get you in. Whatever you do, if you take that test again, don't have your results sit here. <laughs> so, so I hope I don't get anybody in trouble for well, saying that. Well, I, I think you I happened a long time. The statute <laughs> yeah, of limitations is gone. The statute is gone. So what, what time period, because I, I have a really interesting one. What time period is this? Is this the 70s? I graduated in 1981. 81. From, okay. From from high school. From high school. Okay. So I went to went to West, West Point, Point. Okay. In 1981. Yeah. Well, okay. actually, July 1, 1981, okay. longest day of my life. Right. And <laughs> I, I woke up and I thought I had a bad dream on July 2nd, 1981. <laughs> so, but it was real, and uh, 
it, it was it was a tough experience for mm. me because I really didn't have a lot of structure in my life. My, right. my parents were teachers. My mom was sick a lot. Mm. And so, you know, I had to cook and do things, but right. I had very little structure and right. very little discipline. I wasn't a bad kid or anything, right. but, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I got to wait. You right. got to wake up at this time. Right. You got to do this. You, know, you got to walk along the wall. You can't walk through the middle of a room. I, I don't think most people are West Point raised structured. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. But I have a question. I have an inter- I got two interesting questions for you. One, because Alabama. If I want to ask you the time period, because Alabama has historically has a really a stain on it. Yeah. Because of the civil rights era and the things that happened and that occurred um, in that state. Um, did any of that kind of uh, flood over or kind of kind of way on 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 in the city of enterprise or was those things talked about um, when you was growing up um, because you was in the state of Alabama or was those things kind of like did nobody kind of really mention it and they kind of people just lived their lives? That's a really good question, and I think Enterprise was a little bit unique in that it had people from all different parts of the world, basically, that, that were yeah. there. And so, you know, you had this element of the, the good old boys or whatever, and, and, and was there racism? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There was racism, but I didn't really understand that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood that was was kind of it was mixed you know mm-hmm. around it you know I wasn't in a big city where you have right. a suburb and it's all predominantly white right um, you know it, it, I was there and I just played with the people in my neighborhood we played basketball in the backyard we right. built our goal I, I had <laughs> I mean, seriously put boards together to build our goal I wouldn't I wouldn't pull or anything right. like that but you know my parents well, for whatever reason, they were going to buy me a basketball <laughs> goal so I just built my own goal right. my buddies helped me right and, and so. There was there was racism, yeah, right. you know, and and frankly, there was people that you know they tell jokes about black people, and, right. and you know, I mean, and, and I don't think there was a lot of education, frankly, right. with with white people about how that was wrong or right. how that was, you know. I, I mean, I just I wasn't part of it, but, right. but at the same time, I didn't fight back on it, right. And to this day, I'm. I'm I'm a little bit ashamed of that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, you know, because right. I just didn't get the whole thing, right. you know. Was it anything um, that was brought up in the family household, like a kitchen table talk or anything like that, or because I like with your parents being teachers, I, I'm 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 pretty sure they had a, like had a different understanding of the world and what was going on, um, and socially what was happening or not happening. Well, to be honest with you, the. You know, Frank with you. The my grandparents were were kind of racist. You mm. know, especially especially on one side. Mm. I, you know, you hate to say right. anything about the departed, but right. I think it was the era they grew up in, and it wasn't like openly. I mean, they weren't going to Klan rallies or something like that. But right. I, but you know, they yeah they yeah. were they were biased or right. race racist at least in a you right. know in a small way I guess you right. know, and, and so. I saw that bias, and, mm. and I, I didn't buy into it. Right. You know? I mean, I just let it go, I guess. Yeah. And my parents were not. I never heard them say anything negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were teachers, and, you know, they were very open and supportive. Although, you know, with each generation, I think it, it becomes probably more of that bias, racism, whatever, you know, whatever right. you want to call it, is I, th- I think it goes away 
some. Yeah. But you know, I think there's still some some little pieces of it that, right. that are that are not. I don't know. It's just stereotyping, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and that's wrong. I mean, I know that's wrong. And then, like, like you said, like education awareness, exposure. Um, if you're not in communication or proximity uh, to particular people, you you can have those implicit biases, right? Right. Um, you know, I think we all have them, um, and that's something like we all have to, you know, intentionally do the work. You have to recognize it, right? Call it out. Say, oh man, why am I thinking this way about these folks? And then like, okay, what what do I need to do to correct that? Yeah. Um, and that should improve, but sh but also that takes just you know parenting education you know to make sure that i am raising anti-racist kids right um and then that i'm doing the work and um and, and i think now like back then you know those type of conversations were probably you know how oh, let's not let's not talk about that what yeah. but now i think because of social media because of more things are you have more access to to different literature and People have social media and can talk about these things. You can just be scrolling and learn something and think about it. And people can choose to ignore it, right? But uh, as well. But I think yeah, I, I think because those type of conversations are happening more and people are just calling it out more. And it's like and it's and it's I think too is just more digestible yeah. <laughs> for people now. And you know, Jerome, I think the the world's changing a lot. I'm mm -hmm. not saying it's a perfect place by right, any right. means, but we've we've made a I think we've made a lot of progress over. Mm -hmm. Certainly, since I graduated high school or was growing up in Enterprise, mm -hmm. Alabama, but my daughters, you know, they 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 are very, very, very uh, progressive. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. they're if you, you I mean, they yeah. they believe in everybody having right. opportunity. And, and my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's thirty-two, in Columbia, South Carolina, she works for the Department of Children's Services there. And and my youngest daughter, who lives with us in Nashville, because she can't afford to find a place here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she has a job, but she uh, she's an environmental scientist. But she's she's uh, you know she's very progressive, right. and, and you know, and I'm I'm really proud of the fact yeah. that they're not biased or they're right. not racist in right. any way, shape, or form. In fact, they're the opposite of that. Right. You know. And that's credit to 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 you and and your wife, you yeah. know, to yeah. to, to raise like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, have some part, some some something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you talked, you mentioned about your mom. I I I really um. Really like to kind of dig a little deep on that if you if you if you like about. You know, I got to be careful because my mother may see this. <laughs> well, well, you 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 mentioned that you know your mom was sick a lot and you had to help her and and and, and you know cook and do things like that. Um, what was that like? Uh, you know, as a child and having to you know take care of a, of, a, of a parent and how did that shape you know that stuff like that builds character and, and yeah, gives you a different perspective she wasn't she wasn't sick all the time but mm -hmm. she she was sick some you know right. and, and frankly i probably didn't do as good a job as i should have <laughs> you know because i had two sisters they're right. one's five years younger than me one's seven years younger and we were all kind of fending for ourselves so right. you know if we wanted to something to eat we cooked it you know <laughs> but but a lot of times my mother was fine and, right. and she could uh she'd fixed meals and, yeah. and all that. So it wasn't like she was an invalid or anything. Right. But, um, you know, it, my dad taught at night a lot too. So he wasn't there at night. But, you know, my mother's a great person, mm -hmm. tough as nails. And so, <laughs> to you know, to this day, she's had she's had 
medical issues her whole life. Mm. And I think our whole family gets our tenaciousness from my mother because she, she yeah. after she retired, that she uh, from school teaching, right? She started painting, you know. Right. She started doing upholstery. Wow, you know, and yeah. she. Uh, quick story, but like she went to this class at the tech school to do upholstery, and so the teacher gave her a B, and, and <laughs> nobody gives my mother a B. Right. And so there was a showdown at the tech school, <laughs> and, and the grade meant nothing. I mean, right, she, she had right. a master's degree, but right. the fact that she got a B in upholstery was right. just beyond her. Right. But that's that's how proud she was yeah. in her mindset. So really, really good woman. Um. So I want to pivot back to West Point. Make sure you keep that in there. Yeah, oh, that my mom's a really, really good woman. <laughs> that we, that's, that's, that's a highlight clip right there. That's a highlight clip. Uh, shout out to moms. <laughs> um, I want to pivot back to West Point. And so I'm curious, what, what was your mindset professionally at that time? Did you know kind of what you wanted to do? Did you think you was going to go to the NBA? Because uh, did... No, don't they, you know every college basketball player is going to the NBA? Look, every high school, I thought I was going to the NBA. Every, I was in high school thinking I was going to go. Every high school NBA player, that's right. Um, because, was it David Robertson was Naval, Navy, Academy. Naval yeah. Academy, right? Yeah. So it was possible. You know? Yeah, it, it is. That's right. He, he, you know, he was just a few inches taller than you. That's all. Well, when I was at West Point, I was just trying to survive, to be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, school was overwhelming for me, classwork. And, uh -huh. and basketball was fun. I mean, I love basketball. And one of the reasons I went there, frankly, was not only because I was interested in the military, but I was also interested in playing Division One basketball. Okay. I, I basically, you know, was a high Division II player, low Division One prospect, and to go play Division One was my goal. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to achieve that goal. And by, you know, going to West Point or a school like West Point, I could mm -hmm. play against St. John's and Duke and Illinois right. and all these other teams we played. But, uh, you know, we got beat pretty bad. <laughs> but th that was my goal, was to play right. Division One basketball. So I started at okay. West Point as a, as a plebe, as a freshman. Started okay. playing. Basketball was fantastic. Awesome. But in the end, at the end of my first year, you know, I was, my coach was fired, frankly, mm. and probably because he brought in people like me. <laughs> but, he would, no, he was fired, and uh, – you know, I was just kind of disenchanted. I wasn't doing well in school, so mm -hmm. I decided to transfer, and I transferred to Jacksonville State University. Okay. I, I came out, I made a decision really late to not go back to mm -hmm. West Point, and so I had to find something pretty quick. And my high school coach knew somebody at Jacksonville State, and then I just went up there for a tryout, and they, they brought me on the team. So it was a really unique experience for me. Mm -hmm. I went from playing with people who, who were, were very focused and squared away were going to the military to playing with a lot of guys who were from inner city Atlanta, Birmingham, mm -hmm. good guys, but it was, it was different, very right. different. And the culture was very different for me too. Right. How did? And I had to adjust. Yeah, I'm gonna say, how did you adjust to those West Point to Jacksonville, like a you know a a, a, a traditional type of university? <laughs> you know, at Jacksonville State, it was, uh, you know, we I came in and and you know I felt like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I was a Division One player. Uh -huh. I'm gonna be one of the better players on this team. And it was a time at Jack State where there was a whole lot of new people coming in. So mm -hmm. the deck was being kind of reshuffled. And, and 
kids came in from, uh, from again, from Atlanta, right. inner city Atlanta, and uh, inner city Birmingham. And, and so I, I had to adjust, right. you know? I mean, it's a different culture. It's a right. different, you know, a different situation. So right. either you adjust or you don't adjust. As far as like, <laughs> and if I didn't adjust, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have made it there. As far as, like, diversity, like, is was that one of the adjustments, too, to, like, just the culture and diversity of demographic of people that was yeah. at West Point compared that was at Jacksonville? Yeah. Okay. There was one, there was one black guy on our team at West Point, mm-hmm. great guy. Um, Mike Spencer is his name. Just phenomenal mm-hmm. guy. I still think the world of it. And uh, there was, I was only one of three, I think, white guys at that time on the team. Right. So it was a just a switch right. in diversity. Um, what, what did you learn culturally, like, that you probably didn't know or was you made aware of? Because I know that in sports, a lot of that learning happens when um, you come in with a group of people from different backgrounds and mm-hmm. different upbringings. Some people grew up in the city, some people suburbs, some people grew up in poverty, some people grew up privileged or in between, and you 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 all are bonded by that uh, brotherhood and sports, and you get to learn about people's struggles and 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 how people are being treated differently in the world, and because of these things and people's perspectives on the world because of what they went through. How did all of that mix, all that that gumbo mix into like? shaping your perspective and your view of how things were at that particular time? Well, you know, I had been uh, brainwashed in a way. <laughs> Not a brainwash. I'd been... Conditioned? You know, you know when you're at West Point, at West Point, they, they, te- they tear you down. You know, mm. they, they put you in a fourth class system, what they call it. They're tearing you down. And, and I don't know, the absolute facts on this but they tear you down to build you up okay the way that, that they want to build you up as an army officer right. and, and it's a good system i mean they they know how to build an army officer right right and and so i was torn down but mm-hmm. i was never built back up you know um. so i go to jacksonville state and I've, I've still got a lot of pride and you know i i still get chill bumps sometimes when i say the pledge of allegiance and mm-hmm. you know i mean it's just i really believe in that Right, and I believe in the people that serve our country. Right, so you know, had that, but I, I was I was a little over the top, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And in any team, you have what they call storming, norming, performing, you know, right. it's all that, that textbook stuff. <laughs> and and we were storming, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, digging a little deep here, but <laughs> but we deep we had a we had a bachelor do. party <laughs> for one of the uh, assistant coaches and. I, I kind of got in a little scuffle with one of the new players that mm. came from Birmingham, and uh, uh, it didn't go well in the end. <laughs> for you or for him? For me. <laughs> and so that was that was a life lesson just uh-huh. to chill out. And I'll never forget we had a team meeting the next day down in the basement of the dorm, and and it was like a little like a death camp, and they, you know, like everybody. Partied way too hard, right? And so, um, I, you know, I learned something from that. Like, <laughs> chill out, you know, don't be so over the top. And that was a good life lesson for me. Um, now that guy ended up playing for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, of all the people on our team, right. we won the national championship in 1985. Oh wow! And uh, we there there was one player on our team 
that uh, went to the pros, but it mm. wasn't pro basketball, it's pro football. Oh, and okay. Keith McKellar is his name. And okay. He, he went and played for the Buffalo Bills and started in two or three Super Bowls. And oh, wow. So in we which, had we had great, great athletes. In which they didn't win any of them. <laughs> <laughs> As we know. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I learned a lot. I mean, I would take Keith back to Birmingham because my girlfriend turned out to be my wife. Uh, she went to UAB, okay. and Keith was from Birmingham. So I take Keith home, and Keith lived in the projects, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know, I mean, it it was it was eye opening, right? Know? Different reality. Yeah, yeah. But all the kids, they love Keith. They'd, they'd all he'd get out of the car and like Mac, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, hometown hero. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. But well, I think those. I think I just think those experiences um, are just so necessary. Uh, for us to grow as like human beings, yeah. Um, because we can get comfortable and really comfortable in our, you know, kind of normal setting, things that we're used to, accustomed to, um, that doesn't make us uncomfortable. But I think really leaning into that um, uncomfortability of life and learning and growing, right. and you know, sometimes you gotta get you gotta get into a fight, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and, and lick your wounds and you know, learn a little something, That's right? right. And, and I just think that I just. I wish there was I wish there were more opportunities like that that were just intentionally created for for all of us. And I know the Boy Scouts is is, is something like that, right? Because it puts you yeah. in a different comfort yeah. zone, something that they may not be used to. Like you know, you never had went fishing, you never done some of those things and camping yeah. and things like that. But I, I really think those things really like shape us and. And really make us more open minded about kind of I agree. Um, the the realities of other people that also that we share communities with this this planet with. Yeah, I totally agree. When I came out of Jacksonville State, I had a degree in computer information systems. Uh, you was early in the game. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> RPG programming. Fortress. Oh, you, oh, you was early. You was early. Oh, you people in my office still don't believe I have. A degree. I got to go get the diploma. Yeah, you got to hang it up. <laughs> How do you work this Excel sheet? <laughs> so, uh, so I had a degree in computer information systems, and, and I, I, I went down that path because that was a path to go down. Like, right. that was the future, right. which it was Yeah. back in 1985, 86. And so I came out, and I decided, I don't really want to do that. Plus, I was having trouble finding a job anyway. And so I kind of tripped into working for the Boy Scouts and, mm. and Started out, well, I went to interview, right, and and so I didn't get the job, which was in Montgomery, Alabama. But my name went on a list as available if another Boy Scout Council right. geog geographic area wanted to hire me. And so I get a call one day. I'm working on my MBA because because I just didn't find a job, right. And this guy named Bill Luke from from Tallahassee, Florida, called me up, said, hey, I want to come by and visit with you. So I put on my best blue suede suit. <laughs> Looked more like a blue jean suit, I think. And I can't believe you hired me, actually. And so we met at the Holiday Inn, had lunch, and I ended up being hired. I went to Thomasville, Georgia, and, uh, you know, started working for the Boy Scouts, December 15th, 1986. Wow. So, you that know, and I thought I'd do that for about two or three years. And uh, turned out to be 35 so far. So, so, and that's amazing because now you know it. You know, especially with like millennials like myself, is staying at a job five years is, is hard. It's difficult. 
Um, Trust me, I know. <laughs> but but like it's hard to keep people. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. In good people, right? right? Because people move on, other opportunities open up. So I'm curious, doing that 35 years, um, what kept you inspired um, to the mission um, of, of the Boy Scouts and you know what kept you there because you you know that's just a, that's just amazing one but it has to be something i think even deeper uh that you saw right and right. just the and just the whole purpose of boy scouts based off your lived experience and based off like the experience you was creating for others um as a as a as a staff member yeah you know the people that i work with i love people and the people i worked with were were just unbelievable mm. i'll put boy scout volunteers up against any other volunteers in any nonprofit organization in the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're so committed to, to helping young people. And that, that really is why I stayed. Right. I said, there's different size Boy Scout councils. And I was right. in a really small council starting out, Swanee River Area Council out of Tallahassee. But I worked in Thomasville, Georgia. And the people that I met were just some of the most fantastic people. Mm. There, there's Gene Collins and Gene's past, but... He was a Vietnam veteran, mm. and he really wanted to help, you know, African American kids to be in scouting and to right. learn skills, and right. and so the <clears throat> scouting in that in the town of Thomasville at the time, probably like a lot of other towns in the South, it was it was not purposely segregated, but right. it was it was pretty segregated, right? Really, yeah, <clears throat> and. Sounds like the South. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the way it is the reality, even to this day, unfortunately. It just Gene, he 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 got some health issues that he got from being in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But he really worked with those kids and worked really hard to, to keep them on the right path right. and to teach them values and right. what was important and and giving them skills, letting them see more than what was in front of them in Thomasville, Georgia, to mm-hmm. have experiences of going to different places and a lot of those kids had never been you know never been to Atlanta even you know Atlanta's a long way from Thomasville but you know he he really inspired me and there was other people there that inspired me mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Willie Hill who was a leader there at an all-black church mm-hmm. he and I went through wood badge together and and Willie didn't have a shirt you know because I don't think he could afford a shirt. Right. So I gave him my shirt, and we were tent mates at this thing, this training they call Wood Badge. It's a little bit over the top, but <laughs> you know, it was a little bit like a West Point hazing. Right. <laughs> at the time, it's changed a lot now. But but we became really really close friends. Mm. And and fast forward after I left, uh, I, I was there three years and left. But he his troop was coming back from a camp out, and they came upon a house fire mm. and they actually pulled two people out of the house wow and saved their lives wow which which was really cool yeah but yeah. Uh, but Willie's a great guy so all these people that I met I didn't get yeah. a chance to work with the kids very much because mm-hmm. of the volunteers work with the kids and right we, we had about I guess it was 40 or so different scouting groups that mm. met in Thomas and Colquitt County Georgia okay but but that inspired me <clears throat> and, and really I was my dream was kind of to go into coaching. Okay. Yeah, you know, so I wanted to be a basketball, basketball coach. coach. But <laughs> but I never I never really had a mentor, you know. Mm. I mean, everybody needs a mentor. Yeah. And a mentor in their job, mentor right. in their life to try right. to do the right things. A lot of times that's right. family members, but sometimes yeah. it's somebody outside the family. Just to unpack things. And, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. And just, sometimes just... having a mentor, my dad was a great mentor to me. 
wonderful mentor, but my scoutmaster was also a great mentor. Right. And there's things you can talk about with your with your scoutmaster or whoever right. it may be that you can't talk about with uh, you know with your dad. Right. Because you might be talking about your dad. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, now that's that's amazing. You know, the to, to 35 years. You know, um, with the with the Boy Scout Council, like it just. That's just it's just something I think to be proud of, and you know, again, you know, a long tenure organization throughout the country. Um, and I, but I, I want to pivot um, into kind of kind of what has been going on like over the last couple of years just in this country around just social justice, right? Because um, there's a lot of crises going on right now: housing, education, uh, wages. Um, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's it's human rights crises and things going on, um, and I'm curious on kind of what you have learned personally, kind of as things have just unfolded in this country in so many different ways. Uh, many people uh, like to go back to like the George Floyd murder of 2020 and kind of like, oh, okay, now we see, but we know it's been happening way longer than that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm curious how, how all that has just kind of shifted, um, kind of your world a little bit, uh, personally, and maybe how that kind of pivoted professionally as well. That's a good question. And, and it's, it's a very timely question for yeah. me because I've gone on some soul searching, I guess you could say, and that's, uh -huh. you know, when people get older like me, <laughs> they, they tend to look back and like, what would, you know, what would I do differently? What right. would I put more focus on? And so, uh, you know, I've really thought about ways to help young people, and especially mm -hmm. uh, African-American young people. I've always wanted to, to, like, hey, there's opportunity out there, you right. know, because I think so many people, especially African-American people coming out of college sometimes don't see opportunity, or maybe before they go to college. Right. So, I'd, you know, I'd love to be a mentor for somebody to mm. try to open doors and, and try to make opportunities happen. Now, we do right. that through scouting. Right. And we have a lot of great leaders in our scout reach program that we have in our council. And we focus on areas mainly in Davidson County where there's there are not many scouts, you right. know, underserved areas, we call right. them. But they're mainly young people and families of color mm -hmm. <clears throat> or maybe lower socioeconomic, you know, mm -hmm. those, those two don't always match up, obviously. Right. But we won't help kids get into scouting. So uh, I went to a gentleman who retired from the, the Army. He was a brigadier, um, excuse me, major general. And he, he volunteered to, to help us out, was doing mm -hmm. a lot of things. But he's really getting into it. And I talked to him and I said, hey, would you like to run our scout reach program? Because mm -hmm. I really would like to make a more of an impact, right. an additional impact in what we're doing in our scout reach program. He said he'd love to do it. So we hired him to be our scout reach director. And, and we've, we've got a lot of things teed up. Mm -hmm. You know, it, things move slow everywhere right. nowadays. But we've got some good things in place. And it's all about finding the people who are the volunteers right. that are willing to be the, the mentors and the leaders. Right. And, and you know, a lot of times when you go to the black community, you, you don't find people that were in scouting a lot. Right. You do find some. Right. But you, you don't always find a lot of parents that were in scouting. And, mm -hmm. and that's that's sad, sad right. for us. But mm -hmm. we want to find people that are willing to do that. Yeah. And to I be want, leaders. Yeah. And I wondered, too, um, um, how far as being in the inner city, 
where, you know, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, um, woods and, you know, outdoorsy kind of things on a natural basis. You just concrete. Um, and you navigate towards a basketball court or a football field. Um, and so I wonder how much does that play into um, people seeing scouts, uh, Boy Scouts specifically, because we see the Girl Scouts with the cookies and everything yeah, like that, and yeah. all the Boy Scouts do the popcorn. Right. All right. That's right. <laughs> right. That's all. Yeah. Right. And so, but but I, because because as I was just thinking about this interview, I was like, man, like as a person that as I got older, I was like, man, I wish I would have you know been able to go hunting and do all these things, but you know, it just it just. It just the access, you know, or we didn't know the access was available or the opportunities were available. Um, and I did YMCA and things like that, but like Boy Scouts, you heard about it, like Eagle Scouts yeah. and all these yeah. things. But it's just I don't, I just I'm just curious. Of, I wonder if there's like an audit or anything that y'all do around kind of that type of like information of people feel welcome or people even know it's available to them. Um, type of things in outreach. I'm just well, curious. well, we're trying we're trying to get out there more and make okay. people more aware of of scouting. In fact, we right. had a big event at Plaza Mariachi on Nosa Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this weekend, and right. Bill was there, and so there was over a thousand kids, I think, that came through. Wow, Plaza Mariachi for a back to school event, not just for scouting. Right, we were just one table there, but. You know, we're we're getting the word out. It's uh, you you'll find a lot of people, a lot of leaders in our community in the city, mm-hmm. uh, African American leaders that they they were in scouts. Mm-hmm. This community, this council, and there's right. 250 councils in the nation, and each council is different right. based on its size and right. really the money that's raised and the number right. of kids involved. But this council, the Middle Tennessee Council, 37 counties is by far the best right. that I've ever seen. Mm. And it's one of the top councils in the country. Right. Not just in fundraising and community support, mm-hmm. but in leaders, people wow. that are willing to provide time to kids. Right. So there's a real spirit of giving back mm-hmm. in, in Middle Tennessee. And, and so, you know, I come across right. a lot of alumni of, of scouting. I wonder if this generation, I wonder how, what, what effect did that play too, because I'm only 32, and I feel like the generation, like that's coming behind me, is like they they're not outside as much. They're not even playing no, outside as no. much. Their technology is taking over the the experience. So I, I want. So if you don't have a parent or a grandparent or something that was in scouts, I wonder. I wonder if has just the new age of technology and how kids experience life kind of also played a part into uh, even thinking about something like scouts. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, some people are intimidated by camping. You know, mm. I mean, there, there's kids right now that probably never gone been stayed out somewhere where they didn't see the, the street lights or yeah. lights of the city. And that could be intimidating yeah. for them. Yeah. And, and so we want to... You know, we want to ease them. <laughs> we don't want to go on a... 20- seven-day seven hike, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <You> know. <laughs> exactly. But, but, you know, the thing about scouting, and here, here's, here's the real deal. It, it's the hook, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The, the way that scouting's run is really all set up to right. teach character and values and right. citizenship and leadership right. and, and all those things that are so important mm-hmm. for society and for our country. And I right. think we're in a, honestly, I think we're in a bad place mm. as a society. I mean, you have all these, these young people, you know, not all these, but you have young people going out and 
shooting up schools. I mean, we didn't have that when I was growing up. I mean, I don't know where the breakdown is. And I think a lot of it's mental health. But we need to really work on mental health in this country. And it's not just counselors or medicine. I think it's things like scouting and right. the church and, and you know, there, there's a right. lot of things. Yes, yeah, a lot of resources. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I, I think that's a good point, Larry. Like, this, is that something um, the scouts are, are kind of trying to also target and kind of be a, be a resource um, for when you've come in and have those conversations about, hey, is, you know, is, how's everybody's mental health? Yeah. Um, what 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 does that what does what does that look like? Are those conversations being had, or is that something? Well, you, I don't work with kids, kids directly right. nowadays a lot, so I don't want to say something. And, right. And like you, you don't know what you're talking well, about because you don't work with kids, but yeah. I can see it in talking to talking to kids, mm-hmm. talking to leaders, talking to my daughters. Right. Um, you know, my one daughter works for for DCS or DSS, mm-hmm. excuse me, in South Carolina, and. And kids are under a lot of stress. But mm-hmm. Jerome, if you if you go to a scout meeting and you got a new scout, and you say, mm-hmm. How's how's everybody's mental health? Mm-hmm. You're probably not gonna get a lot of people saying, Yeah, you know, my right. mental health isn't that good right now. Although right. kids are much more open about that than they used to be, right. which is good. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But I think you you know, when you're on a camp out or you're on a hike or you're doing things together, you're the we have a Titans stadium day for our scouts. Um you know, all these different things, mm-hmm. the mentors, the leaders, right. and a lot of these are parents of the kids, obviously, right. they, they can tell, you right. know, and if they see something that's wrong, they tell the, the parents of the kid, and if right. it's something that they think goes beyond just, you know, having issues, right. then they they tell the authorities, you right. know, or whatever. Right. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but they're, they're really watching out for the well-being of those kids. Right. And then those kids will open up to them. Right. And I've had that happen. I, I took a group of kids in 2004. I was with other leaders, but mm-hmm. we, we had this one kid who was on the hike at Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico, and right. he really opened up to us. And he had some real, he had some real issues, you know. Um, times have changed a lot since you were a scout. You're the you know scout executive now, mm-hmm. but since you were participating as a youth and working your way up through the ranks, um, socially, um, diversity, gender identity has been a big conversation um, just throughout the world in a lot of many right. aspects. Um, is is the Boy Scouts right now? Is it still exclusively for boys? Because um, I've seen like in Rutherford County, like maybe. In, yeah, sure. 2019. Yeah, you know they like they accepted like you know the first like three three females, three young girls, I think something like that. The I can't boys, remember. the Boy Scouts changed their uh, their policy uh-huh. on allowing girls in. Now, girls were okay. always allowed in at the the older program, not always, but started right. back in the 70s, where they were allowed in in a program we have exploring, which is 14 to 21. It's okay. co-ed. Okay. And then another program called venturing. Okay. But 2018, I guess it was, the, the Boy Scouts said, we're still going to have single gender troops. Okay. But we're going to allow girls to, to be in Boy Scouts, right. basically. And now called, the program's called Scouts BSA. Okay. The overall program's called Boy Scouts America. But okay. they allow girls to, to participate in scouting programs. Okay. And, you know, we, we caught flack for that. <laughs> 
but but the you know people say well you you've got the Girl Scouts and Girl Scouts is a great program right uh, but it's different than than the scouting program mm -hmm. the Boy Scouting program and they're they're both great programs right and we've had girls that have gotten their gold award award and, mm -hmm. and Girl Scouts and their Eagle Scout award right and, and Scouts BSA right. and so I've, I've seen girls thrive in the in the Scouts BSA program and I, I think it's I think it's been really good frankly i would love for my girls to have had the opportunity to to be in scouts bsa because i think it's a very very unique opportunity to right. learn leadership i really do well I, another thing that i, I want to ask you about and, and it's still like what's happening just so so much socially now it's something i'm still learning about um and specifically to the boy scouts and just how y'all are kind of have the girl scouts boy scouts how have you all kind kind of responded and opened up to addressed uh, be there for youth that may identify uh, with the LGBTQ plus community? Because um, I know now there's uh, everybody uh, is when it comes to diversity, inclusion, equity. Um, that's something now that everybody's kind of focused on now. I think many people just missed or just wasn't aware of, but because it wasn't like going back, the conversation wasn't as big or the need to to focus on it wasn't as big. Whereas to, to now, today, people are learning and growing and say, oh, wow, this is a whole other community that are still human beings, but you know, they, they, they have to navigate things a little different. How do we respond to that? That, that's a tough one. Uh, the Boy Scouts of America actually came out with a new merit badge. It's called okay. Citizenship and Society. Okay. And they made it an Eagle Scout required merit badge. Now, I can't say that, that everybody's real happy about that right. because, you know, this is a big time culture war, social kind of right. uh, fight, I guess you could call it. Right. And very political, you know, polarizing mm -hmm. and all that. And, and so the, the badge is really meant for young people to, to think about things, okay. not to say, uh, you know, it's, it's more to think and right. to research and to, to make, you know, to have open your mind up a little bit. Right. And a lot of people think it's, you know, accepting, to, you're forcing them to accept somebody right. that uh, your religious beliefs their actions of that person right. are against religion. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> I mean, when you're, you know, I'm trying to move the Boy Scouts down the path right. of, of young people getting values, leadership, service, mm -hmm. you know, all those things that are so important and the right. Boy Scouts do so well. Right. And, and, and this, this whole situation, right. you know, is, is very, um, it's, it's distracting mm -hmm. because you're dealing with a lot of people that have biases one way or the other. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, <coughs> I, I, I can't, like if somebody feels a certain way about something, right. me talking to them face-to-face -face or over the phone, I'm not going to convince them right. that, you know, hey, open up your mind a little bit. You yeah. Know? Or, 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 I don't know. You know, it's just... Yeah. It, it's very, uh, it's very, frankly, it's very challenging for me. Yeah. I'm not, not for me and what I think right. personally. Right. It's challenging because, you know, you try to get people to understand mm -hmm. that, uh, that 
you know, it, this isn't like the end of the world. Th right. Things you can work with kids. Let's let's give kids good values mm -hmm. of, of understanding other people, right? And, Regardless of right, how they identify, right. how it's, it's behavior, right. you know, right? And, and I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, but, no, like I think I think a lot of people are trying to make sense of of it. Um, but what I realized is that in, in, in this country and just over these these years, I realized that for some reason, people are really affected by people's personal decisions that don't affect them directly or personally at all. That's a good it, way to put it. I, I agree with that. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just, it's just kind of mind boggling to me a lot of times when you have folks that. Uh, can have an opinion, can disagree with, with a life choice, but it's a choice that, that doesn't affect them. And so I always like, why do, why do they care so much? Why does that throw them off their kind of focus on what they should be focused on personally and in their life by the actions of another person that doesn't harm them, doesn't help them, doesn't do anything to them at all? So it just, I don't know. It just... It's a, it's it's, a behavior issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? For that, it, I mean, if, if you're infringing on somebody else's rights just mm -hmm. like you're saying right you know then, then that's that's different that's a problem yeah but that's different yeah I, I mean i think i look at every person i'm like you know there's there's something behind the scenes in that person right. that they're going through and there's right. challenges and how can we help that person mm -hmm. be their very best no matter no matter what they are right you know no matter what <clears throat> what the situation right. is with that person when and it, I'm rambling around now. No, but. no, no. But like when it comes to those, um, to those kind of social justice issues, um, human rights type of things, um, how how do you how do you balance that? Like far as like your personal um, opinions, and then trying to move them into the professional world and and get other people to kind of see and open up. Is it does it does it give you migraines? Are you be like oh oh my gosh or 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 are there are there are there like healthy conversations among team and staff and it's just that thing of just kind of like waiting and you just have to you know this like time will you know will will it'll it'll time will come where things will be kind of really diversity inclusion and equity for all and is it moved towards that direction? We're we're not doing as much as we probably should do mm -hmm. and and focus on it. It's not that we're doing anything to. <clears throat> To, by any means to stop right you know but we we could be doing more one of the things with the scout reach programs i want to do more there with the kids but mm -hmm. internally with our staff and with right. our council you know with our executive board i, I think we could do a better job mm -hmm. and, and you have to be very intentional about it I mean, right. you can't just say well yeah let's do it but you don't have any action plan. action plan yeah and so we could do better there's yeah. no doubt it's just hard to it's hard to figure out where to go sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, there, there could be plans and, and things that you put in place, but people have to respond and people, right. you know, it's a whole educational process. And right. it's education for me, too. I'm not yeah. sitting here saying I'm an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion by right. any means. You know, I'm, right. I'm trying to run a Boy Scout council. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's a piece of it. Yeah. You know, it's important, but I, I, I can't just quit the other things I'm doing and right. focus totally on that. Yeah. But I think that's But I, where, but, but I, I do believe in it. Yeah, but I think that's where like team comes into place, right? And that's how you as as the scout executive and CEO, that's how I think um you you leverage the like the power of your position, right? And give that power to others 
to kind of shape and mold and move the organization forward in ways that you know you want to. But, you know, you're only one person. You can't do everything um, all at once, and you have to kind of, you know, be intentional where you spend your time. It, it well. starts at the top. Yeah. I, I realize that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I... I I need to do better. Right. <laughs> With, like, long hey, as, I, I, long, I, long as you recognize just it. Just like when I played basketball, you make a mistake, you own it. I don't yeah. think I made a mistake, but I don't think I probably right. put as much into it as I could have. Right. Right. Well. And, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, like I was telling you before, I'm uh, going through a little bit of a, an a epiphany. Yeah, epiphany. Yeah. But you know, I, I think that's good, reading, though. I was reading the book, Why We Can't Wait, mm. you know, and I'm, I'm, because what we're doing is scout reach, right. you know, just to. Sometimes, you know, when you're in, in the world in Enterprise Alabama or you're mm-hmm. in at Jacksonville State or West Point, you, you're, you're just moving forward. You know, right. you don't stop and you don't think, like, right. why does this not make sense? You right. know, what, what's wrong with this? You mm-hmm. just, you're in society and you're, you're moving along. And right. I think I'm, I'm looking back and, you know, yeah. trying to look at really the, the plight and the, the situation with other people. Right. You know, um, that's I get being retrospective. I yeah, think. but I think that's a good place to be, and that's a, hopefully that's a place that we all hit through our life where we can stop and reflect on um, some things that we could have just we could have just been better at, or we yeah. just could have been a better person, or um, better team member, brother, brother, sister, whatever it may be, um, because it can get to a point very easily just go, just go, 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 move, 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 right. do, 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 do. And um, and there can be some things that you miss. <laughs> I'm very goal oriented, very competitive, and I right. like to get results. And, yeah, and, and you know the results in scouting are great because you're getting kids who have a great program that's going to mm-hmm. make a difference in their lives. But sometimes, you know, there's there's results that don't right. show up in a number right. or on a piece of paper, and those right. results are more more diversity, equity, inclusion. Right, you know kind of things they're, yeah. they're, they're successes but they don't necessarily show up on a spreadsheet right you know I mean? exactly well I, I, I do want to say this too so I don't forget I do want to congratulate you uh, for being in a leadership Nashville cohort Thank you. I'm looking uh, forward to it and which you probably going to be covering and talking about a lot of these things amongst other leaders and community members here in Nashville I hope I didn't say anything that's going to give you kick no <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I, if anything I think you said some things that um Whoever the facilitators are will be able to, you know, kind of, kind of challenge you on and and agitate you around, because yeah. uh, you've opened up now. And say, yeah, I need to, I need to be better. I need to do this better. Um, and so I think, if anything, if they once they look at this and and then they hear, they're like, oh, this is something we can we can poke Larry around. And, and you know what I'm saying, like, are you do, are you doing this? You said you so deep dish. You said you can be better at this. Why do you think that? So. Uh, but no, congratulations. Well, I tell you, I, thank you very much. <laughs> and I tell you this, Jerome, I, I'm not a kind of person that likes the the facade of something. Mm-hmm. You know, like like whatever we do, I want it to be top notch. I right. want it to be real. You right. know, uh, right. and, and so whatever we do, you yeah. know, I, I want it to be right. And so you know, I can walk in here and give some kind of elevator speech about right. what we're doing in in diversity, equity, inclusion. But right. you know, and we're doing some things, but. I think we can do a lot more, you know. I want to talk a little bit about like your 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 white man privilege, yeah. right? Um, and how have since you've been reflecting, um, have you how have you reflected on that? How have you reflected on how you can use that privilege personally 
to mentor, you know, um, help people get access to certain things, and and also how you make decisions, yeah. um, professionally and personally as well. Okay. Is it is it on? Yeah, yeah. We oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I we just your pause. Uh, no, no, yeah, I'll, I'll play it again. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. Um, so that's a good question. Uh, I've, you know, I've thought about that some, and and thinking about reading the book of you know the why we can't wait, mm-hmm. and, and frankly watching documentaries and being retrospective in my life and things <laughs> like that. Wrong. Right. Something, something went wrong. <laughs> That's Larry's phone telling him something. Did I say Siri? <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. So, I, 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 think, I think I've had advantages that other people haven't had. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. And I, I think there's a long history of there not being opportunities mm-hmm. for, for black people, right. mainly. Um. As you as you reflected on that um, and being retrospective in your life at this point, um, how have you been able to, or have you thought about being able to use that privilege and power, right, to maybe elevate Black folks or people of color, or um, making sure you're more intentional, right, about making sure those voices and faces are in the room. When you maybe you're making decisions, so because we all got blind spots, right? right? Me, you, everybody else in the world, um, and recognizing those blind spots is the first thing. And it seems like you know, to me, just talking, it seems like you recognize it. You're at that point of recognizing, like, hey, you know, I miss some things. Um, now, how can I, uh, at this point, move forward in learning and growing, but also in, including people that are in spaces, that are in proximity to communities uh, that I maybe just don't know the post of right now. You know, I think I've always seen it. Mm-hmm. I've been in playing basketball. I've been in a car right. with a black guy where, where we got pulled over for nothing because right. it was a white guy and a black guy in a car in right. Alabama. Right. And what and a I, crime! What a crime! And so, <laughs> so I mean, I've I've seen it. I've right. just never really been intentional on doing anything about it. Mm. And then sometimes you don't know what to do about right. it. But I think being any what what I was saying earlier, I love to to like help mentor right. somebody right. who's who's African American, uh, you know, in college or, right. or wherever, high school. Right. And, and try to help that person to see opportunity. Because right. there's a lot of opportunity out there. Right. And and I don't honestly in the the people I deal with in the Nashville community, I, I really think they want people who are, you know, maybe maybe socioeconomically challenged mm-hmm. or, or um, you know, different culture, different right. background, different race, whatever. I think they, they want to see people rise mm-hmm. up, yeah. you know, and, and have opportunity. But it seems to be there's some kind of block somewhere mm-hmm. to where people of color maybe don't see the opportunity or, 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 or maybe <laughs> it's just ingrained. Maybe it's yeah. cultural. You, yeah. You, you would understand that or know that more than I would. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of that. It's, I think it's a little bit of this the historical, um, to the historical events that have happened in this country, right? Uh, the lack of representation, the lack of proximity and access of two two leaders like yourself, um, or even believing like, hey, I can can I can I call a you know a CEO and say, hey, you know. I need some help, or hey, I can I come up there 
for a like tool or a shadow. I think those type of things, I think it's a, a, just a, a melting pot. And then, you know, when you talk about social economic, social economic areas, you know, when that, that go that, that goes across any kind of racial lines. I think when you're dealing with just in poverty, you know, you, you just have so much other things that's just on your mind that you're you know, you're probably not even thinking about opportunities of of that's that's elevated. You're like, hey, I'm just trying to make it through the next day. Right. Um, and so that's why I think of what you're saying of this intentionality of like meeting people where they are. Um and I think too, I think that's why boards are uh, crucial with the organizations and having the diversity of mixture of people in boards, uh, because everybody's going to should bring something different <clears throat> in a different lens. But if it's something that you know, hey, I'm trying, I'm 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 looking to do this or I want to get involved in that, somebody on your board um, should be able to you know kind of direct people in in those type of directions if if possible. Um, but I th- I think it just I think it's more just. This, this access, feeling welcomed. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times um, I had Steve Hankley on here. He was also in the lead, he's going to be in the leadership yeah. Nashville. Um, Adventure uh, Science Adventure Center. Science Center. Yeah. yeah, and me and him had a discussion about that, um, about just welcoming access. Like the Adventure Science Center is right there, it's great, it's nice. Um, but he was like, hey, he's like, we have, we have trouble, you know, um, getting people of color, black and brown folks in the door and he's like I'm, I'm we're trying to figure out how like how can we get them ask how can we make it more welcoming for them to let know hey this space is also for you all and just having more representation of people in science technology arts mathematics all those things that go into science and so i think <clears throat> i think i think it's it's just a challenge that more leaders um have to recognize and just be more intentional about whether that's going into high schools elementary schools ymcas and things like that and you know um, everybody, you know, can't can't help everybody. Can't save everybody, quote unquote. But I just think that would that would do a lot for people of color. And then resources, you know, like meeting people where they are. Um, yeah, stuff you, like that. I just think I just you know it's a lot of different things. Right. I'm rambling now. You got me rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's contagious. But with our scouting programs, mm-hmm. we we try to make them neighborhood centered. Yeah, and so. You know, if, that it's, helps. if it's Napier, then we want to have a troop at Napier. You know, right. I mean, yeah, where kids can walk to the mm-hmm. meetings and and people from the community are involved. It's right. you know, in some cases, it's a family kind of thing. Yeah. So, I think I think it has to be neighborhood centered and not, you know, but I mean, it's probably hard for a lot of those kids to get to Adventure Science. Right. Yeah, transportation. Yeah, all, all of those transportation. Things. Yeah, all, all those is, things. So. But I, well, I will say this though, like talking to community members and, and, and leaders of organizations like yourself, I think more people are trying to figure that out because of the pandemic too. Yeah. I think the pandemic um, made a lot of organizations think about their strategic planning on reaching community and what that looks like. Realizing like transportation, um, you know, mobile devices, internet, all these things. Like even our education system realized like, oh, everybody doesn't have a laptop to do work at home. Everybody yeah. doesn't have Wi-Fi. You know, those type of things, unfortunately, took a pandemic for <clears throat> that to be highlighted. But, hey, uh, better late than never. And so I think a lot of organizations are, are thinking about that as well or how to be centered because Nashville is in a very unique place right now. Um, and, and, and a very, you know, quote unquote, excuse me, it city, but is realizing that it's kind of two different Nashvilles. Um, yeah. 
that are kind of coexisting and you know which i think we're in a weird space of figuring out preservation and what that looks like as a growing city um you know that's changing and i believe change is good but how can we do that in a sustainable healthy way that doesn't harm a particular group of people at the same time um i can see that yeah so um you know i think one of the things that that's evident to me is that politics and bureaucracy kind of yeah drum up the wheels of progress (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know sometimes you just got to get out there and 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 do it you know yeah exactly um i want i want to kind of end on uh programming and kind of like what 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 does the um the scouts of middle tennessee council boy scouts uh, what what y'all have going going on? What's 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 new? What's what's happening? What's anything coming that we should be expecting, and uh, how can people get involved? Well, we're we're really excited about this new program that we're doing, the Skilled Trade Center at Boxville Scout Reservation, which is near Lebanon. It's only about thirty minutes from Nashville, but we're building a freestanding facility where we're teaching okay. welding to kids. So these are kids like. 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, some of them a little bit older, but welding, auto mechanics, plumbing, home repair, painting, the skilled trades, because what we found is that that not everybody needs to go to college or wants to go to college, and and, and frankly, I'm not sure college is the, you know, the foot (laughs) in the door to success that maybe used to be, Right. not to knock college or anything, but there should be other opportunities out there, so we want to ex- expose kids to plumbing, welding, and, and so their merit badges in all these different programs, and you have to do certain things to earn a merit badge. Right. But we've had this program for two years at our summer camp. This year we had 236 kids earn merit badges in it, but we want to expand it, make it bigger and better. We have automotive maintenance, and one of the things that the kids have to do is change a tire <laughs> on, on a vehicle, and to see a 12-year-old kid change Try a to tire, change a tire. Pretty, pretty impressive, you know. Um, but anyway, that's one of the things we're doing, and we're expanding that. We already have a STEM center at our camp where we teach graphic design and metalworking and all these other merit badges related to STEM. So we want to expand the, the vision and the opportunity for our scouts to okay. participate in different things. And this, this time of year is our roundup to where we're, when I say roundup, we're giving kind of an all-out effort to give kids the opportunity, families the opportunity to join scouting. And they can go to mtcbsa.org okay. if they want to get more information on scouting or they actually want to join. Okay. Um, We'd love to have more families in scouting. <laughs> and families of all race, creed, color, background. Right. I mean, we, we really want to expand our scouting program in every community. Um, Larry, I really appreciate this conversation. <clears throat> and I just really feel like it was a real conversation that we, we really hit on a lot of things that I, and I and I hope this was a unique interview being your first podcast interview uh I just I appreciate you taking the time and um and the availability and and, and coming and talking to me um and but I want to give you um kind of like the last the last word the space to to if it's something that we didn't hit on if it's something that you want to extrapolate on um or whatever that may be, I want to give you a time to just, you know, hit on some of those things and put that last exclamation point on the on the, on the conversation. The close. The close. I want you to close, close us out. Well, I'll say this, Jerome. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I think people like you and you specifically are opening up minds. And if more people will engage, listen, 
to other opinions, ideas. I think, you know, we're all more alike than we're different. <laughs> right. That's been said a lot. That's, sure. that's not any epiphany there. But I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Honestly, Thank you. Thank I you. I appreciate what other people in the community are doing. Because this wasn't done 20 years ago, and I'm right. sure it was done 10 years ago. Right. So what you're doing is a service to the community, and I appreciate that. No, no, thank you. And in my closing, I'll say that, uh, you know, the Boy Scouts, which is an organization I've worked for for 35 years, mm -hmm. is one of the finest organizations, one of the safest organizations that any young person could be in. And it changed my life. It's changed a lot of lives. And that's why I put my heart and soul into trying to provide opportunity and to manage, run the Middle Tennessee Council, lead the Middle Tennessee Council, and serving young people and making a difference in their lives. So thanks to all the volunteers out there that might, be, that might listen to this, watch this, because right. the heart of the scouting program are those volunteers from many different walks of life, mm -hmm. many different careers, many different areas of our 37 counties who give unselfishly of their time and resources to help these kids. Well, Larry, I appreciate you again. Um, and just thank you for... Um, calling some things out, uh, being vulnerable. Um, and I think, again, going, like you said, maybe even 10 or 20 years ago, leaders like yourself wouldn't have these conversations or wouldn't even open to, to, to talking about some of right. the things. So thank you for that. And uh, look forward to having you back. And I need to come down and check out the uh, Middle Tennessee Boy Scouts Council myself. I just need to go because you all are right there off of Hillsboro. Yeah, Hillsboro and Woodmont. Right I need to, at the I need to, there. Yeah, I see it all the time. I well, I have seen it all the time, many of times. And so I got to come check it out. So uh, now, you need to come to Boxwell Scout Reservation. We'll oh, put you oh, on the zip line and shotgun hey, shooting. I, look, and I, you know, my son is not old enough to do scouts yet, but he's two. And so he'd be three, so we, we got to figure something out, you know. And he's an outdoor baby, so he lo he loves outdoors. So We have an early entry program. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Larry, thank you for your time again. Thank you, and um, I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah.